Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Nick from Live Rehab. I'm Denise. And this month we're talking about friendship in recovery. I'm Nick Roberts. I'm Denise Roberts. And welcome to Addiction Radio, the podcast from Live Rehab. We believe people should be able to beat their addictions without having to give up everything. Your journey to recovery and a healthier life starts right now. We have a lot to cover today. We're going to be talking about why friendships are so important and how to look for signs of healthy and unhealthy friendships. We'll also talk about when to call it quits with a friend, how to regain trust with friends, and then also how to build great friendships from the ground up. It's important to cultivate good friendships when you're dealing with an addiction. Oftentimes the true colors of your friends will come out and you may be faced with some hard decisions. Typically, you're going to have different types of friends, obviously. You're going to have friends that you've had before you became involved with an addiction, and then you're going to have friends that maybe you used with during an addiction, and then maybe you have a whole new set of friends after addiction, where you may have some from each kind of stage of your life. So it's important to understand which ones are good and which ones aren't so good. Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about today is like how to analyze your friendships to make sure that you are making good choices when it comes to the friends that you choose uh, to have with you and near you. Ultimately, some of you are going to be dealing with some friends that are going to be bad influences. And so you're going to need to find ways to um, alleviate yourself from those friendships. And then some of you are going to have friends that are really, really impactful in a good way. And you really want to strengthen those bonds as well. Exactly. So let's talk about how to look for signs of a healthy friendship. Having healthy friendships during recovery can be a lifeline to good sobriety. However, so many people are lonely and or experience loneliness and they wonder, is this normal? Is this part of what they should be experiencing? And yes, it is normal. In fact, it's very normal. However, it's important to know that loneliness is one of the main reasons that people relapse. However, if you are experiencing loneliness and you prepare yourself, if you hit that loneliness feeling, you can understand in your mind uh, that it's only temporary and this is a completely normal part of the process. So what about those friends though that you have that were there for you before your addiction? and those friends that are there for you now, and also those friends who are genuinely rooting for your success. Yeah, those are examples of obviously healthy uh, friendships that you're gonna wanna try to continue and boost and grow and really build upon as well. But there are also plenty of people that just say enough and wipe out all their friends. And for them, you know, healthy family is all they need and all they're looking for at this at this stage, and they may choose to just start fresh. Right. So it's something that you have to uh, work on yourself, and there's no. It's it's sort of on a spectrum, right? When you look at friendships, and you have to make that decision, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well today. Uh, when to walk away, when to stay, but really, um, just looking out for those signs of healthy friendships. You might want to think about really just trying to hold on to those people, but it's also perfectly okay to just have a clean slate. So if you have decided to go with a clean slate approach, obviously you are going to feel quite lonely. And that, like we said, that's normal. And then as you progress through your recovery, you can start to build new friendships. You can start to build relationships with people that share common interests that are non-obviously addiction related. Um, 
and you can start to find interest groups and you can look for ways to really uh, connect with people in your community and that over time that loneliness will subside as you continue on this path of building you know essentially a new life for yourself the people that you surround yourself with will dictate how well your recovery goes if you're serious about breaking your addiction forever it's important to create space around the thoughts that you have and the thoughts that you have had in the past in order for you to be receptive for new information that comes in. And this new information that you'll be receiving uh, may open your mind to things and help you be able to uh, say things that maybe you wouldn't have said before or hear things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to hear before. And more importantly, you may be able to start to take action and do things that you have never been able to do. There's four main areas that we think are kind of red flags for friends um, that you should be really thinking about very seriously. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is friends that like to justify behaviors, actions, beliefs, or thought patterns that are negative to your recovery and sobriety. Now, it's slightly different than peer pressure, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but yeah, you, it's best to think of it like kind of the YOLO phrase or you only live once. Friends who maybe suggest that you do something because, you know, life is short or um, it's not going to be that big of a deal or it's not really, you know, that much of an issue for you to use. And that's not the type of friend that you want in your life because they're going to be uh, making you feel a certain way that you're trying to avoid. Right. And another red flag is somebody who can't go anywhere without partaking in that specific addiction. So for example, let's just say you have an alcohol addiction and you have a friend who can't leave their home without drinking or can't go out and have fun without drinking. If you have a friendship that has the same addiction that you're struggling with but can't separate themselves from it ever, then that's another red flag. Another red flag are friends that minimize the impact that you are having with that specific um, you know, addiction that you're trying to break. So if we're gonna talk about, say for instance, alcohol, uh, lots of people like to minimize the impact or the effects of alcohol. They may say, oh, come on, it's one drink. Again, we're not talking about peer pressure, but what we're talking about is people that don't believe it to be an issue because maybe it's not an issue for them. Um, but typically that it's an issue for you. So if you're dealing, you know, again, with an alcohol addiction, people are going to say things like, oh, it's just one drink. You know, it's not going to harm you. It's not that big of a deal. Are you going to have one when we go out? Those kinds of things, those types of friends are going to be putting you in situations that are not going to be beneficial to your recovery. Right. And then the last red flag that I want to talk about is peer pressure. Um, now, when you think of typically think about peer pressure, you think of maybe middle school or high school, somebody looking to you and saying, here, yeah, do it, do it. But when you're an adult, peer pressure looks a little different. So peer pressure is, for an example, if you have a friend, um, if you, let's say your addiction is a drug of cocaine or maybe meth, and you're used to going out every weekend, partying all weekend and you tell your friend, no, I'm not interested in that lifestyle anymore, I'm not doing that, I'm going into recovery, and then you have a friend that shows up at your home with those drugs and is like basically in your face like, come on, let's go, let's go out. Um, that's peer pressure right there, and that is a huge red flag. For a lot of people, it doesn't have to be partying either. I think partying is kind of something that uh, we visualize all the time with addictions, but 
It can quite often happen in the workplace, in the office. We've, we've talked and written about that before at Live Rehab. And, and one of the things that we find is that the office workplace is often the worst place for peer pressure because people are dealing with their own levels of insecurity. And once they learn that you're you know, not drinking or um, you know, whatever it is they're not partaking in, it threatens their own uh, sense of who they are. And so therefore it becomes kind of a peer pressure situation. And so that's one area I definitely recommend you, you watch out for is not just thinking about it from the partying perspective, but just in the everyday life perspective as well, because we've all got work friends. Definitely. Okay, so obviously we've identified some red flags for, for friendships. Now, the question always then becomes, well, when do I walk away from that, from that friend or, or friends that I'm dealing with? And um, I think it's important to recognize that there are some friends who maybe um, in the past you were involved with, with an addiction, let's say for opioids, for instance, and they may have since changed their behavior once they've learned that you have gone for treatment or that you're getting recovered that you're in recovery and so then that friend uh is, is obviously someone you wouldn't want to walk away from necessarily and you, you want to kind of cautiously maybe help each other to a degree and so you don't want to be in a situation where you're walking away immediately from that friend because they've changed their behavior as well right and on the flip side though that same friend Maybe if you're addicted to opioids or alcohol or whatever, they're just not changing. They know you're in recovery. They're constantly pressuring you. Um, you feel like you always want to relapse. It's, it's important to just flat out say, hey, we're not going to be friends anymore. It's a difficult decision to make, but you have to make it. And you have to make it for yourself because there's no friend that is of greater importance than your own recovery. You have to put yourself first and you have to recognize that ultimately you were worth doing so. Right. A true friend would never put you in a situation where you would even have to think about walking away. So I think we've spent enough time figuring out unhealthy friendships. We're going to jump over to building and maintaining healthy friendships with people that have been in your life, either from you know the past or in the present or who are there for you now that, that are ready to help you and the biggest thing in this area is that you have to understand that um, as much as we've talked about you and your recovery, they're very much involved in that process. And so it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be difficult for them to support you in a way that encourages them to be a good friend and for you to treat them in such a way that keeps them as a good friend as well. And so we've, we've drawn up some points I think that you'll find important to recognize and understand how those will impact your friendships with them. And th the first one is communication, right? Right. It's important to communicate with your friends so that they know where you're at. And nobody's a mind reader. So for example, if you wake up one morning knowing that you have plans with your friend, but you're really struggling uh, with the day, maybe you're struggling with triggers or post-acute withdrawal syndrome, or maybe you're just having a real crappy day, you might want to consider not going. but don't just blow somebody off without telling them why, okay? On one hand, if you do decide to go through with, um, with that uh, time with your friend, you may end up snapping at them for no reason at all, right? And you don't want to be in that type of situation because that puts your friendship in jeopardy. So like I said, it's probably best if you just don't go, but make sure that you tell your friend, hey, I'm just having a really bad day. I'm struggling with XYZ. Can we reschedule? Because again, if you blow somebody off too, just because you're having a bad day, that also puts your friendship at jeopardy. So just make sure that 
that your friends know what you're going through, what you're dealing with, so that um, you can all be on the same page. The name of the game is communication. Okay, so the other thing that we want you to do with uh, the good relationships is to actually put yourself not first. Now, I know that sounds a little bit counterintuitive because earlier we said to put yourself first, but when we said put yourself first, what we meant by that is making sure that you put yourself first when you're dealing with toxic relationships. But because we're not talking about toxic relationships, we're talking about good relationships, it's time that you start putting them first as well because they've been there to support you through thick and thin. And you have to understand that you have to start reciprocating back to them the level of support and help and pretend, you know, advice and um, a general kind of friendship that they've given to you. So for instance, if you've gone to lunch with your friend and 45 minutes into lunch, you realize that you haven't asked them a single question and you have no idea what's going on in their life, it's time to start switching that conversation around as genuinely as possible, as smoothly as possible, hopefully, um, to start asking them questions about their life and start figuring out how they might need to lean on you for support and advice and help because ultimately they've been there for you through thick and thin and they've really been there to support you in your recovery. And so once you start putting them first as well, you can really start to build and continue to um, encourage those relationships to, fl to flourish and they're gonna want to continue to support you as well. It's a reciprocal thing and it will mean the world of difference for them because they're gonna see you in this new light and in this recovery uh, phase of your life and they're gonna recognize that you're building a really strong, solid uh, foundation, foundational relationship with them. Exactly, so now some of you may be thinking about friendships that you have um, that are good, solid, healthy friendships, but maybe some of those people uh, you've lost trust with and uh, going through all these things in your addiction or, or whatever it is. So let's talk about how to regain trust in those friendships that are, again, worth holding on to. Okay, so now we want you to think about the good friends, the ones that maybe you don't have an amazing relationship with right now because something's happened in the past. You've broken their trust, there's been a transgression on them that they maybe have not recovered from or you haven't attempted to recover from with them. They're still good friends, they're not ones that are damaging to your recovery or sobriety. So when you think about that, you're gonna to wanna to think about ways that you can rebuild trust with them. But I caution you, or we caution you, to not fuss too much. And the reason that we say that is because when you think about the natural trajectory of having friends, friends change and ebb and flow with time. The people that you've hung out with potentially in high school might be different than the friends you have now in your 30s or 40s or 50s, however old you are, and friends naturally kind of move in and out of your life. So if there's a friend that you're trying to regain trust with and they're just not interested, they're just not responding, I wouldn't worry about it too much because ultimately at the end of the day, it's not going to impact too much on your recovery if they don't come back into your life. Yes, it might be disappointing. Yes, you'll wish and you'll wonder you know, if it was you or, or something, but you can't let that consume you and you can't let that dictate kind of the, the future self um, and the future friendships that you make because they may just have naturally changed and things may have happened in their life. They may have started a family and they, you know, they don't have time to be friends and it's nothing personal against you, for instance, but um, you know you, you don't want to worry too much that you haven't been able to rebuild that that trust with them. So what can you do though if you think that you have a friendship uh, that you want to to regain their trust? You're probably wondering like how do I even go about that? How do I start? Um, so there's two things that 
that I want to talk to you about. And one of uh, it's patience and also compassion. Okay, so when I talk about patience, really what we want to say is we're talking about that age-old saying of time heals all wounds and I know that sounds very cliche but it's it's very true when you're when you're thinking about regaining trust so when you stop your addiction your actions are speaking louder right than than your words because in the past you may have said oh I'm gonna quit or I'm gonna do this but you need to show your friends like hey I'm actually not using look these are the steps that I'm taking to get better and then it's really up to them whether or not they want to accept you back into their life. So you have patience and that's just gonna take time. Um, and then the other one is compassion. So having compassion in a friendship is important. And we did talk about um, earlier, you know, how some having a friendship, it's not all about you. Um, you know, this isn't a, a me, me, me situation, but the compassion part is like showing, showing up, right, with a friend or, um, being there for them, uh, stepping up to the plate, and when you're with that person, like really being in that present moment with them. Yeah, and just like we've said, when, when we're talking about kind of, you know, asking them questions, being inquisitive, engaging with them in their life, it shows that you're compassionate and you really have caring and you're, you're empathetic to their own life. And that starts to rebuild that trust with them because they're going to start to see you as not the person with that addiction, but their friend. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. All friendships are going to be on a spectrum. And not every situation is going to be covered by what we've said in this um, talk. And it's important that you analyze each one and you think about things from your own perspective and the own experiences that you've had in your life. However, if you apply these general rules, you should at least be on a way to having healthy friendships in your own life. Yes, and if you do have concerns or doubts and just really unsure about what to do, go to somebody that you trust, maybe a family member or even another friend to ask for advice. It's always good to, to run things by somebody else if, if you're in doubt. Yep, we're always available too. I mean, we don't know you for the most part. <laughs> you know, we're here to answer questions and give you advice if you want. You know, we have Facebook, we've got liverehab.com, Twitter, Instagram. However you need to get in touch with us, post in the in the question and answer section, um, reach out to us. We're, we're here to answer any questions that, that you have. We'll try our best to give you advice um, and it would just come from, from our own experience and the people that we've worked with as well. Before we go, check out our addiction and recovery platform, Sobriety Success. Just go to liverehab.com and click on the free trial button to get started. You get immediate access to all of our addiction and recovery courses, workbooks, Q&A, monthly masterminds, and so much more. This is Live Rehab, and you've been listening to Addiction Radio, the podcast. You can follow Live Rehab on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time for another episode of Addiction Radio. Thank you for listening.